time to get back to sports school with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank, and Jeremy Branham. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. Justin Verlander is a Houston Astro. They have made a trade with the Mets. They've traded Drew Gilbert plus for Justin Verlander. Uh, we'll see what the plus is. Michael Schwab, Twitter's R of Houston Astros, says that uh, that Joey Lupperfito kid uh, could be potentially the other prospect that's going to New York. I'm imagining that if the Astros are parting ways with Drew Gilbert, I bet you the Mets are picking up about 40% of the salary, would be my guess, and, and considering the, way, the prospect. The way you and I have broken it down, and even when you started it by throwing in Montero to try and make more sense financially, if they pick up 40% of that deal, it's a good deal for the Houston Astros for the next two years. You know, the vested thing is going to be something you're going to have to deal with as well. But I think if you save 40% of his salary, I think it's a good enough deal for the way that the rest of this team shakes out and plays out and the fact that you've got other starting pitchers that should be coming back as well, that I think that you can, you can live with that. I would have um, look Drew Gilbert's a that's a bitter pill to swallow. Let, let's be honest. I, I was just I mean, talking about the money standpoint of the forty percent, but you're totally right. No, no, I, I that's why it needs to be about forty percent because you're willing to. And this is when we talked about. It, I think that Jim Crane would be more likely to pay the price with his prospect than he would financially. Like if he had to pick one, pay all of Verlander's salary or part with his top prospect, I felt that Drew Gilbert. Uh, would be on the move before mm-hmm. before Crane's picking up the 43.3 average annual salary, and now you're in luxury tax conversation too. Because that's the other thing, is the Mets picking up the salary, or some of the salary, we don't know how much yet. We don't know if – they are sitting cash. We just don't know how much yet. That that takes away from the competitive balance tax payroll as well. So he's on the books for $43 million. Let's say the, the Mets pick up $20 million of his contract next year. The Astros only have $23 million against the payroll of the competitive balance tax. So it kind of throws a you know a wrench into the equation of your payroll, how much you can spend in free agency, things like that. Look, Drew Gilbert, while he is the Astros' top prospect, he's not a can't-miss. Like, all these guys are, are have the boot, like bust potential. Drew Gilbert, if we're also being honest, yes, he was the Astros' top prospect. He's not considered a top 100 prospect by a lot of these prospect lists. We like him. He's the best prospect the Astros have. Dana Dana Brown has talked about how much he likes Gilbert, which makes me think it might be a Jim Crane move, uh, forcing Dana Brown, hey, let's, let's bring Verlander back into the fold. But I don't think Drew Gilbert's like a deal breaker. And the other thing here, too, is like Dana Brown didn't draft Drew Gilbert. Like, Dana Brown wasn't the one that selected Drew Gilbert out of Tennessee. So, like, Dana Brown's not going to talk poorly about anybody in his organization. Maybe he likes Jacob Melton more than Drew Gilbert. Maybe he likes Justin Dearden more than Drew Gilbert. So, while everybody considers Drew Gilbert the Astros' best prospect pretty, like, as a consensus opinion by many, maybe Dana Brown, you know, isn't in love with Drew Gilbert like some people are. Well, let me reiterate, first and foremost, again, I believe this was a crane move. I, I I think that this was a crane going, I don't care who the kid is and what he's I, – I, this is who I want back. This is who I think we need. I think that you've got Chaz McCormick that can play center field for the next couple of years. But, again, we've seen how these trades have worked out. When we go to the Garrett Cole, when we go to the Zach Grinke, when we go to the Verlander trades, prospects are just that. They're there, and, and, and they're guys that you look at, and you're trying to develop to see if one or two of those guys or all those guys, you know, however you evaluate your system, but you're expecting somewhere down the line to see if they can contribute to your major league club. But you're also using them to fortify what you need to do with a major league club at this point that's trying to win a World Series. And this, because of the problems and the injuries you've had, is the exact move that prospects are there for for this team. 
And so I think it was the right move to make. Yeah, it's a steep price to play. Yeah, I was hoping that they didn't trade Drew Gilbert. But at the same time, I understand that this is a team that is in full go-for-it mode yet again, and they are not going to be phased by what anybody else does. They're just going to be focused on, we're going to keep this window wide open. We're going for it again this year. And and this was the guy that they went out and got. It's uh, Drew Gilbert and Ryan Clifford per Jeff Passan. It's a pretty good name. Ryan Clifford's another pretty good name. Where was he? Double? I don't know what level he was on. Why is that relevant? No, I'm just saying, what, what kind of prospect was he? Good one. Okay. Ryan Clifford was pretty highly regarded as a prospect. I think he had a little further. He's further away than Gilbert. Like, his ETA is not as close. Pitcher or? He's an outfielder. Player. Okay. So, a couple outfielders. And the Mets, that was, like, one of their weaknesses in their system is they didn't have much outfield prospects. Well, isn't Acuna supposed to be a center fielder? I don't know. I thought Acuna was supposed to be a center fielder, too. So, maybe Gilbert slides to a corner position. Or maybe they, you know, they're, they're looking at those three guys as potentially the future of their outfield. A lot of yep. people are sending in, well, you know, Gilbert's on the top 100 on ESPN and it'll be, there's some top 100 prospect sites that have not updated it after the draft, just by the way. And, and so this is the number one and number four prospects in most systems for the Astros. So like MLB pipeline, baseball perspectives have Gilbert one, Clifford four. I don't like looking Astros. at the Astros top, like where are they relative to the rest of the prospect like, of baseball? In terms like of you like have what to factor you have in internally. You've sure. now traded number one, four, and five. According to these websites, if you include Corey Lee. Now the Astros system, like what the Astros number four and five prospects are, aren't the same as whoever has the best minor league systems four and five Absolutely. prospects. So like you have to throw that into the equation as well. Like Corey Lee was not a top 100 prospect. Uh, Ryan Clifford, not a top 100 prospect. Drew Gilbert, top 100 on some list he's not top 100 on others and these guys aren't guarantees either like you know what you're getting with Justin Verlander now if Gilbert turns out to be like an all-star and Verlander you know comes in here and is mediocre and then that contract next year and then if he potentially hits that vesting option for the third year then we, we can have the hindsight 2020 conversation absolutely uh, which by the way Justin Verlander does make 43.3 million dollars next year we have not seen it the Mets are paying it down I would assume that they are and then he has an option for $35 million in two years. Now, for him to like hit that option, it's a player option, but he has to throw 140 innings next year. If he throws 140 innings next year, there's a player option for two years from now at $35 million. So that's the Verlander contract. Uh, 713-780-3776. Six-man rotation in place next year. I hope so. Yeah. And you should. I mean, here's the, I tweeted this out a couple of days ago. The Astros next year under club control will now have Justin Verlander, Fromber Valdez, Christian Javier, Hunter Brown, Jose Arquiti, J.P. France, Luis Garcia, and Lance McCullers. They have eight starting pitchers yeah. under team control next year. Now, Luis Garcia is going to come back all-star break-ish. You don't know when Lance McCullers is coming back. But because you have eight controllable starters, it might be kind of nice that you have them spread out throughout the year. Well, and let's not also forget, because I, I was kiddingly saying that so that you could keep the vested interest from, from oh, yeah. going into effect by keeping his innings down. But you also remember that as much as the Astros really wanted to stay with the six-man rotation the year after Tommy John surgery so that he didn't peter out and he didn't have problems. He was the one that put his foot down and said, I don't want to do a six-man anymore. I want to do five. But at the end of the year in the playoffs, he looked like he was gassed in a lot of situations where he wasn't the same Justin Verlander. So I, I really firmly believe that, to your point and mine, they should go to a six-man rotation next year. 
Four nine nine five says Acuna's a shortstop, which is weird because the Mets have Lindor at shortstop. A lot of prospects start at short and they move them off of short. Like most most prospects, they're drafted at high school, college. A lot of I times, I saw somewhere he was in center fielder. Maybe he's capable of playing center field. Maybe they're going to move him there because again, like there's a lot of prospects that start off at shortstops and they move them. Gary Sheffield was a shortstop and they moved him. He was Brewer. I just thought one interesting note from passing. He said he talked to a couple of evaluators. He just tweeted this out. But some evaluators believe Clifford's the better prospect than Gilbert. Really? Long-term. With the way he's already started hitting in A-ball, like he's going to be a guy, and he's the superior prospect. I would have liked it if the Astros were able to get Tommy Pham as a throw in here. Because Tommy Pham would have been able to upgrade the left field position. Now he's not a left-handed bat, but he's a rental, and he's an upgrade with what you're currently running out there in left field every day whenever Jordan's not playing left. Uh, 713-780-3776. Let's go out to the HRP listener line. Justin Verlander is an Astro. Drew Gilbert, Ryan Clifford, we've not seen the uh, the cash that the Mets could potentially be sending back. They better be sending cash back. Otherwise, this is awful. Uh, 713-780-3776. Out to the HRP listener line for Willie. Willie, you're in the hive with the Killer Bees. What's up? Hey, how's it going? Yeah, the best thing about the trade... We'll see Naughty one extra day now. That's the best thing about it. To to John in the morning. Mm. Willie, I thought you were a Yiner guy. Oh, never. Never. You don't like catchers who can hit the baseball, Willie? Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't like catchers that strike out with a bases loaded. You're right. Maldonado never strikes out. Yeah. The That's comparisons point, are just crazy. That's a Willie. great counterpoint. That's a great rebuttal, Willie. Martin Maldonado never strikes out with the bases loaded. Martin Maldonado never hits into inning ending double plays. You know what else Martin Maldonado never does? Hits above the Mendoza line. Doesn't throw any runners out this year either compared to what Yiner's doing. That he brings up now Willie brings up a point. We're having fun with Willie because we had that kind of relationship with Willie. He pokes fun at us, we poke fun at him. Now Justin Verlander in the past has liked to throw to Martin Maldonado. So, like, just saying, if Martin, Martin Maldonado, Maldonado is already Martin Maldonado is the personal catcher for Justin Verlander, or he's going to be the personal center say, fielder for Justin Doobie's Verlander. Going back to center I mean, field. he was there on Sunday, guys. It was a precursor. Yeah. We should have saw yeah. the Verlander trade coming. A lot of people did refer to that. That Mauricio Dubon playing in center field is a precursor. Like they were being silly, but they were right. That were it was they? a precursor were to people Verlander. Being silly or Maybe like, not. Uh, Martin Maldonado has okay, already. Joe. Cash it or trash it. There's going to be a start for Justin Verlander in the near future that Mauricio Dubon is playing center field. Come on, man. Cash. No doubt. Uh, Martin Maldonado has already posted on Instagram a picture of Justin Verlander saying he's back. So Passon just said the full trade. Astros receive Verlander. Mets receive Gilbert and Clifford. He says Dill is done. He does not mention cash here. But the money better. Cash there's got reported. to be money. If there's not cash here, this is... Uh... This is very, very steep. Like, this is already steep. If there's no cash here, it's incredibly it's, steep. It's going to change my opinion drastically if they don't. If the Mets aren't picking up. It, it, this is like the Rangers deal, but, yeah, you gave up a top prospect or a highly rated prospect when you're the Rangers, but at the same time, you also got 20-plus million dollars off the, the, the sale price for the contract. You need that same kind of deal if you're giving up your prospects to get JV back. I wish they would have got fam as a throw-in. Famous at throwing would have been nice. 713-780-3776. Out to the HRP listener line. Eric, you're in the hive with the Killer Bees. What's up, Eric? Hey, guys. I guess the only thing about good about this trade is uh, we get Kate Upton back. Also, <laughs> only thing? Um, Kate Upton. <laughs> also, are they going to trade for another big bat, or is this, is this it? I'll hang up a listen. Appreciate it, Eric. Well, I think to your point, Jeremy, on the, the, the fam situation, you don't get fan, but the, the deadline's not here yet. Maybe he's still trying to do something else and get a guy that's a rental that could possibly fill that void another way. 
because I agree with you, and, and we discussed this. I mean, Corey Jelks is not the answer, I don't think, for the playoffs this year, uh, and you need to do an, uh, some kind of an upgrade. Yeah, Jordan's going to play out in left field, and Yiner conceivably then was going to be your designated hitter, but one way or another, they could still use a bat, and I hope they're not done. Yeah, I, that's why I wish that, like, if you're giving up this big return of Gilbert and Clifford, okay, well, as a sweetener, we're going to need Tommy Pham, who you're trying to trade anyways. Mm-hmm. And Tommy Pham's a better offensive player than Jake Myers and Corey Jolks by a long way. So I, I, I feel like they might have missed an opportunity to capitalize on that. As far as, like, a big bat, I, I think that the Astros now have taken themselves out of big bat conversation with the fact that they don't have really a ton of great players in their system to trade now. The splash is over. Drew Gilbert has been traded. He's your best asset. Corey Lee has been traded. He, he was another asset to some teams to, to get you a potential player. Uh, Ryan Clifford, an asset. Like, the Astros don't have a, lo- a lot of assets left. Maybe, like, a Pedro Leon, but even Pedro Leon's not going to get you a big bat in return. No, that's why I was a little concerned in the Graveman deal that that's where Corey Lee was used. I thought that chip might have been used to get a starting pitcher, but at the same time, now that you've exhausted using Corey Lee, Andrew Gilbert, and uh, and Clifford, now I, I think that all you're really looking for, if you're hoping for anything else, is you're just going to get a rental for someone really, really maybe lower on the prospect list that's a flyer. Yeah, see, Clifford and, Clifford and Gilbert's big price. Like, I'm, I'm, that's why the I, money got to come I back. need to see the cash, and I'm, I'm, I, look, I'll, I'll, I'll admit it. I'm, I'm upset that FAM's not included in this. Tommy Pham gives you an offensive upgrade. Like, if you're going to get that bigger return from the Astros, okay, Tommy Pham, you're, you're my sweetener. Uh, but seven, of the two, you got to have – you still have to have the Mets at some point both. to find out. Okay, for me, if it's one or the other, I'm still t- I need a significant amount of cash coming Agreed. back from the Mets. No, Fam's yeah. Fam's secondary to the yeah. cash. Yeah. I completely agree. Cash is the most important thing. Fam to me would have been secondary. Okay, we'll do this with the cash that you're doing, but we're going to need you to throw in Tommy Fam. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Your reaction to the Astros trading for Justin Verlander? What does this do for their rotation? Are the Astros done? They still have almost three hours ahead of the trade deadline. What does this do for the Astros World Series chances? Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Killer Bees, ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. All teams covered. No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. Astros have traded for Justin Verlander. They have traded Drew Gilbert, their top prospect, and Ryan Clifford, you said, was their third best prospect. Uh, Gilbert, considered a top 100 prospect, according to some sites. Uh, Clifford is not. Both of you guys had sources that were telling you that it was going to be Gilbert plus a blanker said Gilbert and prospects. Joe said yeah, Gilbert and prospects. Yeah, I had someone text last night saying it was going to be Gilbert and Melton. So maybe they came off of Melton and settled for Clifford. Uh, y'all are both right there in the ballpark, though. And my read of the market, I did have a single source, but my read on the market, y'all had the sources there all over this. I mean, that, uh, Gilbert and prospects. What what the Astros traded for Verlander. Gilbert and Melton, very similar to what the Astros traded for Verlander. Instead of Melton, it was another outfielder and Ryan Clifford. My read on the market, and especially with the mid-Scherzer trade, from the Mets to the Rangers, and they got back Acuna, who is a consensus top 100 prospect, and the Mets took a, a lot of that contract. We've been telling you for a couple of days since that mid-Scherzer trade happened that it was going to cost you Drew Gilbert, mm-hmm. it, it just it, especially in a seller's market. It was going to cost you Drew Gilbert, and kind of taking the temperature of like Astros Twitter and the text line and the Twitch line, they feel like this was a very steep price, and I agree it's a steep price. Now, Gilbert and Clifford, their plight and their baseball careers is going to tell you ultimately who won or lost this Absolutely, trade. and we did this with all the other big names that the Astros have traded for in the past that, you know, when the dust clears, it's not only what you did and were able to do with the guy that you got, 
but how did the prospects you gave up turn out? And so far, the Astros have won some pretty big trades with some pretty big pitchers that have done good things when they got here, and the prospects they gave up haven't really you know, surfaced and materialized into what was rumored to be. So this is another one of those deals where, kind of like we even said with the Texans trade this year, we're going to wait till later when the dust settles to see who won the trade and, and, and see what the prospects are and what the value becomes. I like the fact that they got Justin Verlander. Was it a steep price to pay? Yes. Now, the question to me becomes if they're, and you mentioned Tommy Pham. I'm curious if they don't get a guy like Tommy Pham in this deal with time remaining on the clock and the fact that in the past, Dana Brown leading up to the deadline has said he'd be looking to trade someone that's currently on his roster to try and upgrade and find a bat or other needs that they have. Does this mean that they could still use Jake Myers or use Corey Jolks or use a combination of the two? to improve and get that insurance policy bat on the bench and or in left field when you still have time. Yeah, if the Astros didn't do anything today, the, the same people that are saying that it's steep, and it is steep, would be saying, what are they doing not making a trade? So it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, and the Astros right now are a World Series contender, and they've traded for the best starting pitcher on the market because they feel like they're a World Series contender and they want to go back-to-back. Back. Like, I can't blame the Astros for that. Is it a steep price? Yes. But... We also want our teams, whenever they're contenders, to win that sports championship, to go for it. And the Astros right now are symbolizing that they're going for it. Am I wrong? And you guys are baseball guys too, but I'm just going to ask the question. Does the value on a guy like Drew Gilbert go down in this organization because you've basically seen the emergence of Chaz McCormick as your center fielder for the next three plus. No, not really. Because, I mean, Chaz McCormick's going to be a free agent. And now you have him under club control for a while. But then also you thought Gilbert was going to be the Kyle Tucker replacement. because But again, like Kyle Tucker's club control for two more years after this. So, like, no one's leaving quickly. You have these guys under club control for a while. Chaz, club control for a while. Ch- uh, Tucker, club control for two more years. Jordan, you signed to an extension. Altuve, now next year's the final year. Bregman, next year's the final year. But all these starting pitchers are controllable for a couple of years. So, like, the Astros, like, this feels like an all, like, going all-in trade, but Verlander still has next year on his deal. A bunch of the foundational pieces for the Astros still have years of club control as well. Like, this isn't a situation where half of the Astros roster has contracts expiring at the end of the year. A lot of these guys and most of these guys are controllable for the next few years. So that makes Gilbert and Clifford more tradable, I think. Yeah, and and the thing is, too, is like even on the fastest of fast tracks, Gilbert was uh, an Astro in a year or two. So you still would have Chaz under club control and he would be your center fielder. Tucker's still going to be there. Jordan's going to be there. So I don't, I, I think that you can find outfielders, even if Tucker does leave. You can find, we talked about this, you can find outfielders in free agency. Maybe he's not the next Kyle Tucker. Maybe he's pretty good compared to Kyle Tucker. But depending on how the rest of your roster shakes out, you can still replace Kyle Tucker or have a different, find a different center fielder instead of really getting too excited about Drew Gilbert losing Drew Gilbert today. A lot of the textures, too, they're saying, well, the Astros need to lock up Kyle Tucker now. Like, I don't think it's going to happen because it hasn't happened yet. But if the Astros wanted to, like, they're getting some negative PR here, which is funny because Verlander's the best starting pitcher in the trade market. But a lot of people are saying this is too steep of a price. If the Astros announced a Kyle Tucker extension tomorrow, all these people would shut up. All these people would, like, it's not going to happen, but they would shut up. Does the price matter if you win? 
if you win a World Series this year or next year, no, does it matter what Drew Gilbert is as a prospect? I wouldn't. No, I, w- I would say no. I would say like even if Drew Gilbert turns out to be an All Star and Clifford turns out to be an All Star, but you win a World Series this year or next year, Perfect. you might be like, man, we gave up a lot, but who cares? We got a World right. Series exactly. out of it. Again, now you're solidifying a legacy as a dynasty as opposed to just a team that won the World Series or had a good run. I think this even further solidifies the dynasty talk. This, you know, this for a lot of reasons would make everybody forget about who you gave up if you get another one in the next two yeah, years. You would, even if they're good. I yep. think you're right. You would ju- yeah, We gave up a lot, but we won a World Series. Who cares? 713-780-3776. Out to the HRMP listener line. Alan, you're in the hive with the Killer Bees. What's up, Alan? Yeah, hi, guys. Um, you know, you just touched on some of the things I was thinking about. First of all, I was born a Mets fan. Well, I was actually eight years old when the Mets were born and the, and the uh, 45s were born. But I'm a Mets fan and an Astros fan because I've lived down here for so many more years than I lived in New York. Um, as far as I'm concerned, this is a win-win for both teams. The Mets have been a total disaster. The, the, the team they put together this year was going to blow up at some point, and it just it didn't take as long as everybody thought it would. Um, so I'm really glad that the Mets did what they did. They're going to rebuild, and that's how you know that's how '69 happened for the Mets. They they had nothing. They a bunch of kids, and they finally built up a decent team after trying to put together a bunch of guys on crutches in 1962. So, I mean, the Mets, it's great. For the Astros, it's the same thing. No dynasty lasts forever. I think the Astros probably have another couple of years, as Sturry would say, no more than that, probably. And think about it, Altuve, Bregman, they're going to be, you know, older and or gone in a couple of years. In the meantime, you've got Chaz. You've got a pretty decent outfield. Hell, they're only a half a game out of first place with what they had this year, which is absolutely amazing. So I think for both teams, it's a great trade. Now they're a World Cup Series contender this year for sure. They weren't, I don't think, until the last week or so, uh, getting um, Jordan back, getting Altuve back, and now having um, you know, having a pitching staff again. So I think that this was a really good move for both teams. Appreciate it, Alan. And not to spend too much time on the Mets side of it, but if you're going to spend a bunch of money in free agency and you're going to lose, trade them while you can get something in return. Sure. The Mets, Cut your look, the Mets spent a lot of money on Scherzer. They spent a lot of money on Verlander. But they spent a lot of money to boost up their farm system. Like you're getting back a top 100 player in Acuna, a consensus top 100 player. Some have Drew Gilbert in the top 100. You're getting back a player like Ryan Clifford. It's a lot of money to spend on a three prospects. But if you're going to be a seller after spending money, don't hang on to them. Do not hang on. Like get and out of it. So the, I, I like what the Mets have done here, actually. And I also think that it doesn't necessarily say they're going to press the button on a rebuild. They just they reco- they they got some prospects. They got some money to play with, even though Cohen isn't worried about the money he spends. But they could still be in full go-for-it mode in terms of free agency and trying to add players. But they know that, to your point, they got something and cut their losses on two guys on a team that was going nowhere that were spending oodles of their money. Yeah, I mean, you boost up your farm system. You're trying to win later, and you're spending money to do it, but Cohen spends money. Like, Cohen's going to spend, and and that's what he did to try to recoup some of the prospects for a system that had been a bit depleted. Uh, 713-780-3776. Back out to the HRMP listener line. Yawn, you're in the hive of the Killer Bees. What's up, Yawn? Hey, man, I tell you, you know, the last few days or so, I, I really didn't want them to do this deal. But today I feel really juvenile. And to be honest with you, I don't care what it costs. I'm just happy to be able to stick it to the Rangers and their fans today. <laughs> if it's just for today, because they went out there and got Scherzer and they, and they didn't get the best pitch. And, they, you know, and the way they hollering about beating us and, Going to the World Series, I know they upset today, and I can see them right now. I'm just happy about that, man. Y'all have a good one. 
Appreciate it. Jan's tickled. I love yeah, Jan's reaction. Jan yeah. is tickled by I think this he was move. talking to Total Dallas? Uh, Total Arlington? Yeah, true. Uh, maybe. Maybe he's sending a, a shot across the bow at uh, at Total Arlington. 713-780-ESPN, the HRP listener line. H713-780-3776. 3234, Astros need to trade Myers today. That's Kevin Z. That might be the last shoe to drop, right? Like yeah. Dana Brown told you he was going to get a reliever, a starter, and a left-handed bat this deadline. Two of the three done. Graveman, Verlander, left-handed bat to come. I don't know. Uh, Myers, maybe you can get a left-handed corner outfielder type that can platoon with Corey Jolks. Maybe you get another relief pitcher. Maybe, maybe you're so. not. Maybe you know that you know because again, we're talking about getting two guys back that are like making a trade when you get Altuve and Jordan back in the lineup, and that helps your entire lineup. We're not going to talk about that guy that could also help you, but at the same time, maybe he's weighing both options and saying, "Yeah, I could get a bat, but I could also get another kind of mid to back end of the 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 bullpen type guy." And maybe it's Jake Myers cash or something like that. But maybe you could still add another arm to the back of the bullpen with what we saw of Stanek, with what we know we're not getting out of Montero, and the fact that you already got a guy like Graveman trying to help the backside of the bullpen. I would tend to doubt it because it seems like he wanted two arms, but maybe, like if the opportunity presents itself. Uh, I'm curious to see if they add a bat. Personally, I think that they could really use a bat. We've seen Corey Jolks' recent struggles. Corey Jolks in July is worse than, worse than Martin Maldonado. Does it have to be a left-handed bat? For me, no. I don't For think me, so no. either. I just think it needs to be a better option than Corey Jolt. Now, what's interesting is if you think about the playoffs here a little bit, because the Astros obviously with this trade are thinking playoffs, you're looking at Martin Maldonado catching almost every game. He's catching Fromber. He's catching Javier. He's probably catching Justin Verlander, unless they try to dabble with a Yiner with Verlander, which means... Yiner's you know, your DH. Yiner's well, your DH. Yeah, so if you, if you know that Yiner's your DH and Jordan's playing left field, does that lessen your desire yeah. to trade for a bat in the next two and a half hours? And the icing on the cake becomes your... your bat off the bench if you need him so maybe that's why I said I mean I was looking at it and going to with Dana whether he's playing poker or not the other day when he said he was still looking for maybe another relief pitcher he wasn't in the starting pitcher market obviously he was but maybe you still look for one more relief pitcher and say now I don't have to worry about Seth Martinez's and Blanco's and you know the trials and tribulations of Montero and and Stanek if you look at the roster crunch though because you can only carry 13 pitchers before the September um, you know you add two spots to the roster like you're, you'd have to get rid of a Montero, a Maton, a Stanek, which I don't see them doing. So I, I think the roster crunch probably means they're done with a pitcher. Um, now I want to bat. Like even even in the op- even in the scenario we just presented, Martin Maldonado is your starting catcher in the playoffs because he has to catch Fromber, Javier, Verlander, whatever. After that, Jordan's playing left field every day in the postseason. If we believe that to be true, Yiner's my DH all the time. I still want to bat. To be quite honest with you, two nine two zero saying, "Come on, that left-handed bat is Brantley." Okay, you're silly. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Astros have traded for Justin Verlander. Your reaction? Killer bees. ESPN ninety seven five and ESPN ninety two five. The best, most informed sports talk, noon to three. It's the Killer Bees. Joe Blank and Jeremy Brenham live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. All right. What we got, Joe? Lorenzen we got another trade? trade to the Phillies. Michael Lorenzen's a Philly? It's a good okay. pickup for the Phillies. Yeah, he's a solid arm. He's a rotational piece. I think he's a three or four starter. But he's not... Uh, the Taiwan Walker that's already got 12 wins? Yeah, but isn't he like kind of a fluke? That is I'm saying, kind at of least he panned out because some of their big guns haven't been what they thought they were going to be. Wheeler no, and Nolan Wheeler have not had a yeah. terrific year. Ranger Suarez has been hurt a little bit. 
Uh, Walker has 12 wins with a 399 ERA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's kind of funny. He's got a four ERA. He's got 12 victories. But I mean, look, the Phillies—they want to continue to try to be a team that competes. I don't—I don't mind that trade for them. Uh, you know, depending on the return, things like that. Uh, so Lorenzen's going to Philly. Market heating up. It is trade deadline day. You're constantly refreshing Twitter. Uh, Joe told us during the break too that Bob Nightingale has reported that uh, he doesn't have the exact dollar figure, but that the Mets are picking up a large chunk of the. Justin Verlander's salary? Significant yeah. portion makes yeah, me sig- feel a hell of a lot better than the fact that we hadn't found any money changing hands in this deal, Facts. which scared the hell out of him. So he's owed 93. What do you guys want them to cover? 60? That'd be great. 45? That's, if it's a, I don't think they're going to do that, but that'd be great. If it's above 50%, it'd be great. That, yeah, I you know that's what, a good way to say it. You know what that does, too? It allows you to be a player in free agency because yep. now you're getting Justin Verlander. If they cover half the salary, then they're, they're paying him $21 million a year. And we've had some people texting in. What, what, I can't believe the Astros are giving up these prospects after they could have just signed Justin Verlander. There is a difference paying Justin Verlander $43 million for two years, $35 million for a third year, whenever you already have six starting pitchers that you believe in. Now, today, August 1st, Three of those pitchers have been out most of the year. Two of are lost for the year. And then if the Mets are paying 50% of the salary, you're not paying Verlander 43. You're paying Verlander 21 and a half. That's a fantastic deal. So, for the like, Astros. you're getting Verlander at a discount. Now, the discount that you're getting from Verlander financially is right. you're paying a heavy price yes. when it comes to the prospects. Yep. 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 So, it's a balancing act. But at the same time, it keeps you relevant. And I don't agree with the caller that they weren't a World Series contender before. But they definitely are now, and it's not even about the Rangers in the division. This team can play with anybody, and and it, it, their biggest question marks were not only just the health, but the overall ability to be dominant again in their starting pitching when it comes to Javier and Fromber, uh, as well as the health. And this is a guy that moves right to the top of your rotation with those other two guys and says, hey, we're here, and we ain't going nowhere, and we're still ready. And that's that's what you want to see if you're an Astros fan. 713-780-3776. Out to the HRP listener line. Jack, you're in the hive with the Killer Bees. What's up, Jack? Hey, thanks for taking the call. Um, I have one thing that I love about the trade and one thing I'm a bit concerned about. The thing I love is that the Astros really haven't had a long reliever this year. I think Javier really helped them out last year um, as the bullpen as a long reliever. Now with the Verlander trade, you could have uh, Urquidy or you could have Brown uh, serving a long relief role to help save the bullpen just a little bit. But one thing I'm concerned about is, I know it's like a sports cliche thing, but what do, what do we think about Justin Verlander in the playoffs? Um, I, hopefully he got the monkey off his back in Game 5 of the World Series. Uh, remember in Game 5, Dusty had Stanek warming up in the second inning already. So my hope is that he got the monkey off his back. He could be a little bit looser in the playoffs. But I have to be honest, I'm still holding my breath with every pitch that he throws uh, when postseason comes around. What do you all think about that? Appreciate the call, Jack. Uh, I don't think that the Astros go long relief role. I think they go six-man rotation, which is kind of the same thing but different. Like, instead of having that long reliever that can come in and eat up innings, you're just going to do a six-man rotation, which is something we've been preaching about for a while, mm-hmm. and people think we're crazy for bringing that up. Now, it's kind of the same thing. Like, the, the long relief role, whenever you're going to a five-man rotation, is to save arms, whether it's the starter, whether it's the bullpen, and blowout situations. It's the same thing with a six-man rotation. Because the thought is, with a six-man rotation, these guys are going to have an extra day, and they're going to be able to pitch deeper into games. So if your starter's going on average six innings versus five innings, that in turn saves the bullpen. The Astros used the six-man last year, second half of the year. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was great. Kept the bullpen fresh uh, for the postseason, and the bullpen carried them out to the uh, to the World Series. So they're trying to use the same model, I think. 
Yeah, and I think in terms of Verlander in the playoffs, the thing to me is is more so than anything else, let's let's deal with that when it's time to get there. Let's see what they need to do right now to make sure that they're doing everything in their power to not be in a wild card situation, to win the division, to put yourself in the best chance to win. At the same time, as much as you want to question whether Verlander is going to be a problem in the playoffs or struggle, you're still trying to figure out Javier and Frommer to a lesser degree, as well as the ups and downs of Hunter Brown. So there's a lot to sort out still, but this gives you a better chance and another weapon that you sorely needed in your starting pitching. Quite also, honestly, quite honest, I hate the Verlander sucks in the postseason conversation because one, it's it's not true. Uh, Justin Verlander in his career has started 34 games in the postseason, has pitched in 35. That's really close to a full season for a starter, a little bit more than a full season for a starter. Justin Verlander career in the postseason is 16 and 11 with a 364 ERA. Yeah, sign me up for that. That is really good. Well, Branham, you're not talking about last year. You're not talking about what Verlander did in the postseason last year. Verlander started four games last year in the postseason. Two were good, two were bad. His first start against Seattle gave up six runs in four innings. That's not good. That's bad. His second start against the Yankees in the ALCS, he gave up one run over six innings, striking out 11. That is great, Justin Verlander. That is awesome. Justin Verlander in World Series game one last year, five runs over five innings. That's not good. It doesn't kill you. That's capable of winning. The Astros lost 6-5 to five in that game, but that's not good. And then his final start in Game 5 of the World Series, yes, he was like shaky early, but he settled down, gave up one run in five innings. Justin Verlander in his career in the ALDS is 8-1 and one with a 308 ERA. Justin Verlander in his career in the ALCS and has an ALCS MVP is 7-4 and four with a 301 ERA. Justin Verlander is good in the playoffs. Now, if you want to push back and say he's not great in the World Series, okay. Sure. 1-6, also- 563 ERA. But to say that Justin Verlander is not good in the playoffs is inaccurate. Right, and you're right. I think the bigger concern too if you're just being a rational Astros fan is is what we saw last year what you're going to get this year and going forward too like he's not the same dominant type pitcher he's not going to have the stuff maybe it's going to be hit or miss maybe it's going to be a good one then a bad one is that good enough because I think that's the main rational Astros fans concern is what we saw of Justin Verlander in the playoffs last year is what he's going to be the rest of his career yeah, I think it's right? probably fair. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, look, Verlander, make, like, who do you want starting a playoff game? Do you it, want Justin Verlander starting a playoff game or do you want Jose Arquiti starting a playoff game? And I know Jose Arquiti has the most wins in the World Series in Houston Astros franchise history. You want Justin Verlander pitching, you know, 40 innings down the stretch or do you want Brandon Belak pitching yeah, 40 innings other, down the stretch? We know the one thing that is a, is a constant, no matter if their abilities have slipped a little bit in their older age, is that you're between the ears. Experience matters, and intelligence on the mound matters. And this dude knows how to pitch. And he knows what to throw, and he knows how to get the job done and how to think through every pitch and every at-bat in every situation. And that's what you don't have with some of the other names you threw out there. So you do know you're getting that. Now, velocity and also execution of all of his pitches, sure, that factors in. But the fact that you can put a guy that has been that battle-tested out there again with an Astros uniform on, Still is a huge benefit to you. 713-780-ESPN. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Lamont, you're in the hive with the Killer Bees. What's going on, Lamont? Hey, man. Uh, the ben- uh, I'm happy about the trade. I don't care what they get in return. I'm happy about it uh, regardless. But something that I don't know can be measured, um, what I like about Verlander being back, I think that this, this may be one of those type of situations where it, uh, um, it – it, it it makes the other guys, uh, 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 his protege, uh, Hunter Brown, mm. and and now uh, uh, Framber, uh, Framber, 
is going through these mental lapses and stuff like that. It's going to raise. Um, I think. I think that this dude coming back is going to uh, uh, make these other guys uh, more ready to be out there and do what they got to do. That's all I have, man. I don't know how to put it in words of what I'm saying. No, I but understand. That's what I'm thinking. I think I but can, you know what it is though, yeah. Lamont. And thanks for the call. It's the Big Brother situation is back in the locker room. As much as we said and we saw and we heard over at nauseum about Hunter Brown is the second coming and looks just like Justin Verlander. Look, you need a, you know, Fromber was as much as he was, he was all about trying to take that next step. Verlander's already taken that step before. So the fact that he's there in the clubhouse, you can ask questions. Maybe he finds some things and can point some things out. He is a savvy veteran. The same thing I was saying when he pitches is the same thing that he's going to be when he's sitting next to Dusty and when he's working with the pitchers and he can be there as a big brother to this staff. And that's, that's got to be a benefit for the rest of the locker room. Yeah. He's the binky for the Astros rotation. You just feel a little bit more confident yes. when Justin Verlander's in the room. You had the pressure taken off of you a little bit. Justin right. Verlander is the binky to the Astros playoff rotation and thing, rotation in general. The other thing I really like about this deal is that I don't think they need to acquire another arm for the bullpen because what this is going to do in the playoffs, it's going to push Hunter Brown to the bullpen the way we're going right now. It, it, Your it's, four-man rotation. Well, cross that bridge, we'll cross that bridge when you get I, there. I don't you don't know who's going to be healthy. You don't like For sure. But, but like, it, gives you, it gives you insurance. Yeah. It theory, gives you insurance. In theory, someone of Urquidy, France, Brown is going to now be in your bullpen. I think it should be Hunter Brown yeah. like he was last but year. But it's your long relief guy that we were worried for about. Sure. He's your bridge like, to the leverage guys. Yeah. And again, like – I. I hate thinking about it because, like, what if injuries happen? Like, it's kind of like, let's wait to get there. But one thing that it does guarantee you, to Joe's kind of point here, is that you have Fromber, you know, you trust him in the postseason. Javier, you want to see continue to, like, pitch well and continue to have his good form like he had against Tampa. But he's been there before, too. He's battle-tested. Justin Verlander's a playoff option that you feel fine about. Hunter Brown's a playoff option you feel fine about. Jose Arquiti has the most wins in the World Series and Astros franchise history. Hunter Brown has the stuff you feel feel fine about. And J.P. France is pitching almost better than anybody else in the American League. So you have six guys, and you hope that four of them are in excellent form once you hit the postseason. You you don't need all six popping and, and all six to be hitting. You just need... The four guys you can trust, and the other two guys will significantly bolster your bullpen if you need to go to them as bridge guys, long guys, and getting to your back of the bullpen guys. So you got better across the board today, and to Lamont's point, even in the locker room and working with these guys, you've got someone in your stable now that's in your clubhouse and in your your dugout every day that's going to be a huge boost for this franchise and a help when he takes them out. 713-780-3776. Your thoughts on the Astros acquiring Justin Verlander. What does it do for those World Series odds? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. You're back where you belong, in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with the Killer Bees, who won't sting you unless provoked. Here's Joel and Jeremy. Spencer liked that joke. You hear him laughing a little bit? <laughs> Spencer likes him a little Spencer jokes. Uh, Fromber Valdez, uh, Joe played that Fromber Valdez song there, Love Roller Coaster. I forgot the Astros played baseball tonight. <laughs> I got lost in this whole hoopla of Justin Verlander. Uh, but yeah, Fromber Valdez pitching tonight for the Astros. 8 and 7, 329 ERA. He's going toe to toe. With Gavin Williams of the Guardians, who'll be making his eighth start this season. One and two, 335 ERA. Should be a tough one. Williams has been pretty good this year for the guards. But you have Fromber on the mound. It's a game that you feel like you should win. If the Astros can win and the Rangers lose, Astros will be in first place uh, for the first time in a while. And then also, it would clinch the series against the guards. But it might be for the first time since the first month of the season. Yeah, it's... 
I would. I think so. Yeah, because they said this was the first time at the All Star break they weren't in first place in the last six or seven years. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it is the first month of the. It might even be like first two weeks of the it, year. It very well could be seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. If you know that, uh, Bob Nightingale has now added to his USA Today column that the Mets will be paying over fifty million dollars of the ninety plus owed. I love it. So over fifty percent. Yeah. Yep. So does that? In, so the ninety plus owed also includes the third year. So if it vests, they'll pay part of that too. No, I wonder if it has to vest. See, that's the question. I wonder is if there's a clause. Yeah, I wonder if they're just giving the Astros that lump sum. So it's like a, it's like seventy percent. But then if he does not pick up the option or it doesn't vest, it's like ninety percent. Makes so me feel a lot better. I'm curious, but but it, it's it it sounds like the Mets are picking up at over fifty percent of Justin Verlander's salary. So you're getting Justin Verlander at about twenty million dollars a year. Now it's costing you Drew Gilbert. It's costing you Ryan Clifford. But you get you get Verlander on a price tag of twenty million a year. Which means that you can probably be pretty active in free agency. No doubt, next you're year. playing Daryl Morey ball because right? you're, you don't have the 43. Does not go against the luxury tax. You are getting into a Daryl Morey type situation in your win now mode, in which you believe that your next option when you need a player after trades is going to be free agency and, and trying to get ready to play right now veterans than it is going to be developing uh, prospects in your in your system. And for the time being, with the window wide open for this team, I, I understand it. One of the other things like that we haven't talked about. Why was Dana Brown hired? Dana Brown was hired to find new talent, and to to find a, to to be able to put together a sustained winner, kind of rebuild the system too. Right? It's like you're putting more pressure on Dana Brown. Like if this is Dana Brown's strength, like Dana, like that's why they hired him because they felt that Dana Brown was going to be the mm-hmm. best at replenishing the minor league system. Now you've taken away from his minor league system, but this is supposed to be Dana Brown's strength: is drafting, is finding talent, uncovering. A talent. So the Astros may be playing into his wheelhouse a little bit. And the other thing that you pointed out earlier, which was spot on, which was the guys traded away weren't his picks. Mm-hmm. He's big on his guys. So if he goes out and continue, he got he had this whole draft. He got his guys. If he continues to go out and get his guys, and maybe those two guys weren't guys that he saw the same way that James Click did. So we'll see how it goes. But I, I still believe in Dana Brown. I but I, I firmly believe this was a Jim Crane move that just said. Don't care. Go get him. The only thing, because of Dana Brown, he did say in one of his first interviews um, with the flagship was that he ne- he would have drafted Drew Gilbert if he would have got to him when he was with the Braves because they had that next pick. So like he did like Drew Gilbert, at least at one point. That was the claim right. he made when he first got to town. And so Bob Nightingale also, so he just tweeted this out. The New York Mets are sending the Astros about $54 million. If Verlander's $35 million option in 2012, 2025 becomes vested. Verlander is owed about 93 million, meaning the Astros would pay Verlander about 29 million dollars for two and a half years. So the way that sounds to me is that this is one lump sum. That if Verlander does not meet the vesting option, or he can decline it, because that vesting option becomes a player option if he throws 140 innings next year. The way that sounds to me is the Astros are getting 54 million, no matter what, whether Justin Verlander's an Astro in 2025 or not. That's the way I read it. I read you have the, to read it again, the, the Joe? Mets are sending the Astros about fifty four million in the Verlander trade. One executive said, "If Verlander's thirty five million option in two thousand twenty five becomes vested, Verlander is owed about ninety three million. So this, yeah. this the Astros are getting fifty four million. I don't know if it's a lump sum to me though, Jeremy. I, I think, think it, it is. I think it's. I think it's this season and next season rectified now, and then it's a it's let's. Let's it's like figure, like, figure it out. But it doesn't vested. say cash later. It doesn't say cash considerations. It says the Astros are getting $54 million. Like I, That to me seems like this is what we're doing, and that's it. I think the way they can, they can just structure the trade is 
based on what happens with that vested third year, that more money could change hands. Right, but like, that's too much. Like, if, if Verlander picks up that option, that's $93 million total of what he's going to be owed from either team. Mm-hmm. The Astros it, the Astros are getting $54 million, so it's 54 divided by 93 is how much the Mets are paying it to figure I, out the percentages. I, if he doesn't accept the $35 million, the Astros are getting $54 million of, what is that quick math, around $63 million that he'd be owed. That would be crazy. That would be nuts. I just I kind of read it differently, just in the fact that I think. But do that, you think they're going to get less than fifty four million? Yeah. If if, the, if, I don't the, see if that, that option goes away, I think they would get less. Uh, I guess we'll see. I, I don't. I don't. I don't read it that way. Like if if, if they're putting the fifty four million out there, I don't think it could possibly be. But less. now to be fair, it's Bob Nightingale, and he Nightingale's been all over this. I know, but Nightingale first, said last night on late hits with Patrick Creighton, he thinks that Justin Verlander will be an Astro. Yeah, but mm-hmm. then he said Logan Gilbert was being traded. He just got Mets. the name I wrong. Know, it's just I a know. mistake. He, he doesn't mean he's like not having sources he just, there. He's so bad with names. It's funny. Michael Swab, who I think Michael Swab has been uh, credible this trade season. He was the first one that I saw on the Max. Uh, I'm sorry, Mid Scherzer trade to the Rangers. He's saying that the Astros are still in the market for a bat. So, something to consider. Astros are now trying to land a bat is what I'm hearing. Michael Swap tweeted that out 16 minutes ago. They're still two hours and six minutes ahead of the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Let's, I, just, let's keep the reunion going. Let's get T. Oscar Hernandez back. I'm okay with T. Oscar Hernandez. What do you got to give to get him? Jake Myers. Shouldn't cost Jake. you a whole lot. I don't know why the Mariners would want Jake. I don't either. Um, still Jim Foley call. Take him! Take him! Just take him. I don't. I don't understand. I don't. Um, I would be happy with T. Oscar. Like he hasn't been performing that well, but his savant numbers are through the roof. Like they, 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 they they're expecting a breakout with T. Oscar. At least he's the baseball in a savant numbers. Clubhouse and a, and a team that's got a black cloud over him this year. They're just they're just underachieving compared to all the hype coming into the season. And he was one of the the guys that was expected to take him to the next level to compete with the Astros. So maybe a fresh start does him good too. But I, I, look, I wouldn't be upset if they brought him back. Nine two two seven. Why are we saying the Astros are getting fifty four million? Verlander is getting fifty four million. The Astros are not paying. That's right. Fifty four million dollars to Justin Verlander. Uh, some people are saying I hear it still counts towards payroll and luxury tax, even if another team is paying it. Uh, I did a deep dive on this this morning uh, because I kind of anticipated this trade happening. From what I understand, whatever the Mets retain of Justin Verlander's salary, and if they're paying some of the salary here, then it does not fully count with the Astros' competitive balance tax payroll. The way that I read it is, whatever percentage of the salary the Mets are retaining, that will go against their competitive balance tax. So if, if the Astros are picking up $20 million of the Justin Verlander salary next year and the Mets are picking up the rest of it, the way that I read it, and I think I'm right, is that the Astros are on the hook for $20 million even on their competitive balance tax, is the way that I understand it. If you disagree, uh, link me evidence that says otherwise. But I, I, I did a pretty deep dive on that today. Uh, 713-780-3776. I've not seen an Astros lineup yet today. I can't imagine why. can't imagine why Dusty Baker has not filled out a right. lineup uh, card yet. Where are you at, Dusty Baker, uh, with this lineup? What do you think this does for the Astros World Series odds? I think it increases them. I, I think that... As much as Tampa made a move, they're still Tampa. Uh, I believe that the Astros should be the clear-cut favorite to win the American League. I believe that, you know, I, I think the Rangers are obviously in the discussion. And and the, there's an utmost importance in my mind still that I'd like them to win the division. And I would love to have them chase down Baltimore and get the best record. But I just feel like this team is playoff ready and this team is playoff seasoned. So getting a guy like this to kind of really address the biggest issue they had after already getting Graveman, I feel like this this should put them this should catapult them as the favorite to win the American League and compete for another World Series. 
I think they're the favorites in the American League. Got them at plus 700 here. Currently? Currently, after the Justin Verlander deal. And is anybody ahead of them? Want to go make some money? Anybody ahead of them? Uh, This just has their odds. Wow, that's Uh, pretty good. Atlanta Braves plus 300, Dodgers plus 450. Rays still currently plus 650. So the Astros are fourth. Astros make another move today. I say yes. No. I think they're going to make one more move. I think they're going to make one more as well. All right, make sure you're listening to the White House. They'll have it all breaking down for you. Uh, Thanks to Joe George for doing all the hard work. He's blank. I'm Brandon. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Houston. Uh, The Wheelhouse is next on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.